welcome to The Yaley, the YDM podcast covering the biggest news stories of each week. Today's host is Sophie Moulton. She'll be interviewing Zara Yorelli, a junior in Silliman College and the president of the Muslim Students Association. The MSA, along with other groups on campus, such as the South Asian Student Society and the Yale, have been fighting for the guarantee that religious housing needs will be met with a new housing system implemented for 2023. With the support of hundreds on campus, their call for respect could change the lives of all Yale students requesting religious accommodations. Welcome to the Yale, Zara. Your push for universally inclusive on-campus housing has been active since the new housing proceedings were announced. Can you give us a rundown of all your accomplishments so far? Yeah, for sure. To start, we had a resolution passed in the YCC Senate in early February, thanks to a lot of the support from the cultural and religious chair of the YCC, Sonia Abbasi. And since then, that resolution helped give us inspiration for the writing of the open letter that has been really widely received and well-received by student groups on campus. We received around 400 individual student signatures and over 60 student organization signatures, several of these being really large organizations on campus, including Yale College Council, Yale Democrats, each of the main advocacy groups of the four cultural centers. So that would be Black Students Alliance at Yale, ASA, Asian American Students Alliance, Mecha de Yale, and Nisei. In addition to that, we've also had the Queer Students Alliance support Trans at Yale and just a lot of like multilateral student groups involved in the advocacy for religious accommodations. And all these students came through and helped us hold a protest or a rally last Wednesday where we had a pretty large turnout right in the middle of the day from three to four. And that helped us bring it to the attention of Dean Lewis and Dean Boyd specifically as we emailed them saying that we'd be having this rally. And if you're not able to meet with us on this short notice or see us and hear our voices on such short notice, we'd love to meet with you. They were responsive in that sense. And we were able to have that meeting recently. I just wanted to give a big shout out to Insia Ahmed, Ilham Abdul Qadir, Debbie Olarun Sola, and Eitan Israel for being in the meeting with me when we went to talk to Dean Lewis and Dean Boyd about the next steps and how the administration and the dean specifically wanted to be honest with us about what they can do and work with us to see what best options we can bring forward to students going forward this semester specifically and for the following year specifically. That's really amazing. You've previously stated why religious accommodations are necessary, such as for the safe practice of voodoo, modesty needs, or just students' general comfort in their own homes. How long has this burden been held by students with religious needs and what inspired you and your peers to collaborate on this mission? Honestly, there's a difference between how long these burdens have been held and how long students have really felt empowered to speak up about it. I think over the past five, six, seven years, there's definitely been much more student momentum in organizing. But we imagine that this has been a burden for as long as Yale has been a co-ed institution and as long as religious students have attended Yale. So that goes all the way back to Yale becoming co-ed in 1969. We don't have the specifics on when it became a pretty big problem, but I think that critical mass within the past decade especially, as well as just greater rhetoric around universities and institutions needing to make accommodations for religious needs needs and for other personal needs accessible to students. I think that growing as a cultural conversation in, across the United States has really helped empower students to say more about it, speak more about it, and bring it to the attention of non-religious peers and then also the administration. So speaking of administration, you and a group of students have recently held a meeting with Yale College Dean's Office. 
How was the college administration's initial reaction to your proposal, and do you feel satisfied with how that meeting went? They were responsive to our email, and they made sure to have this meeting with us pretty promptly after. What they started the conversation with was really just about, I guess, the legal shortcomings of Yale and also at a state and federal level in terms of what the word accommodation means legally. They explained to us that that was part of the reason they would not be able to, I guess, realize or actualize the demands we had. From then, the rest of the conversation was a bit about honestly how unfair that is and how maybe that just speaks to a greater issue that Yale, but also state and federal legal definitions of the word accommodation should be like reflected upon. But beyond that, the rest of the conversation was really about what can we do to make sure that the needs of religious students in terms of housing accommodations are met and so that the struggles that so many students have had to endure just with really ridiculous late night schedules of having to shower at 3 a.m. just to make sure that they're doing that in the comfort and peace of mind, making sure those things don't have to be the problem that they've been historically. And so the biggest takeaway I had was that the best chance we have in the time that we have to make sure that these possibilities are real and approached is just kind of a student organizing level of hoping to get the word out enough. Clearly, we know that at least 400 students are in support of this and so many other student groups representing so many other students who probably didn't feel the need to re-sign on just because their student group had. We think that there is pretty large individual support and that's why it feels like a realistic goal to perhaps introduce a informal but respected upon agreement where students are able to kind of ally with other people of their single gender and in the lottery process communicate with the rest of the people in their year such that they're able to have a set aside floor or a couple floors that everyone in the college everyone in their year kind of respects as one area to look elsewhere from if their needs aren't specific specifically single gender bathroom accommodations. And that will definitely be something that students will have to take the charge on and students will have to like feel a level of responsibility for, but I think it's possible. Beyond that, there definitely wasn't the kinds of accommodations we hoped to receive as the result of that meeting. In addition to what we did talk about, we did also discuss how just changing the culture of what it means to have bathroom spaces that are accommodating in this sense made an opening for how For example, this can be a greater conversation that we have in Yale on the topic of boundaries and how bathroom accommodations can become a part of CCE training, for example, can be incorporated into different parts of Yale's culture of consent and culture of respecting people's boundaries and knowing that it comes from a place not of a desire to create a exclusive label of gender identity, but rather just showing that students have these religious obligations that deserve the respect that other ways of life deserve. And kind of going off what you were saying before about the greater conversation that that meeting led to, do you feel like this lack of forethought from Yale is revealing of a deeper inequality? Are there other ways in your daily life or people of different religions, different ethnicities, minority gender identities that they're still battling these Yale administration systems that are maybe outdated? Absolutely. I was thinking about this a lot the other day, and I think I realized that being at an institution that historically was not intended to cater to the populations, which it now rightfully does, battles like this will never be over. 
And I don't know if that's pessimistic, but I think it's realistic enough for me to be able to sit with it and turn to other ways of seeking what we rightfully deserve, which is respect. As someone who struggled with so many twists and turns navigating Yale and different inequities I've experienced over the past three years, I think I felt a lot of liberation just taking expectations away from this institution and its lack thereof essentially of being responsive to student needs, especially students from cultural, ethnic, and religious minority backgrounds. And in the absence of this institutional attentiveness, I still think that I've always been in awe of the power of community support. I think I'm going to choose to believe that as Yaleys, we're going to show up for each other and follow through on just communicating with each other, realizing what we're willing to put into making the residential college life experience as equal and as comfortable and what home should feel like as possible, because that's really been one of the saddest things that I've heard from so many students dealing with these issues. They don't feel like Yale is home for them because there is no point at which they're able to put their like guard down or put their boundaries down. That is what you should be able to do in the comfort of your home. And I think we're owed that in a lot of ways. So I think that's what is reflective of Yale in this sense. I can find comfort in turning to my community and turning to Yaleys in general to kind of be there for us in ways that only we can be there for us. So do you have any advice to students who were unable to declare religious accommodations and are uncertain about where they might be living next semester or maybe some things that have made you feel like Yale is home despite these outdated inequalities? Thankfully, I I wasn't even aware of this until Dean Boyd told me, but the intent form that was due on Monday was an intent form. So in theory, no one is held or obligated to hold what they filled out on Monday. If hopefully that students who might have had to fill it out one way, but hope to do it another way. I want to believe that the solutions that we're working to bring about in the next couple of weeks will be able to give them that option to stay on campus if that's what they were hoping for. Before I get into that plan, I think one conclusion I just hope that my community and communities in similar circumstances take away from this experience is that even when the powers that feel larger than us say no, like we can still say yes and we can still make it happen. Part of the work we're doing is kind of what I hinted at before, which will be to get some sort of like Qualtrics form. I know we hate filling those out, but like a Qualtrics form that will compile all the information we need about people in respective colleges who either are seeking a single gender floor or are in a single gender suite and are willing to be paired with students on a single gender floor. Once those people are connected, sending kind of general emails to the housing committee student leaders of each college who will then convey to the rest of their class year or their college peers that, hey, in the absence of institutional support, we're asking that when the lottery comes and when you get your number and when that order is like given out, respect that floor X of this entryway and floor Y of this entryway will be set aside for this single gender identifying group or group of suites and things like that. And hopefully that can have the impact that we want in the time that we have and just show that it will have a really significant impact on the year to come and just the culture of respect in this sense at Yale. Thank you so much for joining us, Sarah. Yeah, of course. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. More information about this issue, as well as a link to the petition, can be found on the university section of the YDN website. You can also find QR codes for the open letter posted around campus. Keep an eye out for more ways to support this cause. And that's it for today. I'm Diego Alderete, and you've heard from Sophie Molden. And stay tuned for the next episode of The Yaley.